This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Philly Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, July the 16th as we are Back in action tonight. Phillies baseball is finally back. Coming off the nice end of the first half of the season, winning three straight series. Obviously, the two of three against the Padres, three of four in Chicago, and then two of three in Boston. As we've talked about so much, some some real reason for optimism in the second half with this Phillies team as they will get started today. A doubleheader to start it off. At home against the Marlins, a 405 or a 7.30 or half an hour after the first game. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see the Phillies back in action and to see if, if this optimism is, is warranted. You know, again, we've had so many spots this season where we've felt like it's time to jump on the bandwagon and, and believe and buy in. And, and obviously up until this point, they've remained a literally a 500 baseball team. But this time... Coming off the three series wins, winning a big series on the road, heading into a much easier second half schedule, and healthy, you know, outside of a, a couple exceptions from the, the COVID issues that the Phillies had, you're feeling good about where this team is at and where they're headed in the second half. We'll dive into it all today. We'll look more in depth at the schedule, especially the, the early part of it, and then how they close it out. Um, look at some important players for the second half, talk a little more in depth about them. And uh, and just look ahead to the second half of the season, second half preview, as it were, as, uh, again, just a massive, massive second half of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies. So much riding on it from so many levels. And obviously we talked yesterday a lot about the buy and sell thing and, um, you know, what they should do when that time comes and how important the first stretch of baseball is here um, to, to kind of inform Dave Dombrowski on what type of team this is and what he needs to do and what he should do. So um, just a, such an important stretch of baseball coming up here for the Phillies over the next two weeks and then obviously beyond. So so pretty exciting. Hey, it's exciting to head into a second half with some hope and some optimism after you know a season that I think has been more, 
more highlighted by the the disappointments than the the positives and uh, a team that I think a lot of people you know even though 44 and 44 with all the injuries they've suffered and the tough first half schedule still feels like they've underperformed you know one of those things where you could say you know two more good bullpen arms and they win five more games or Bryce Harper doesn't get hit in the face so they win more games this and that no and, and of course that's a baseball season it's a war of attrition it's what happens and you know the Phillies are deficient in certain areas and that is what it is but I definitely think that they have the potential to be better than a 500 team in the second half. And, and if they can be a little better than that even, then then they got a real shot to win this division. The Mets are certainly not a juggernaut. The Braves just lost Ronald Acuna. The Nationals are, are, are an uninspiring baseball team. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a real chance they got to find ways to beat the Marlins, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, yet again, it could come down to how the Phillies fare against the Marlins. Phillies' run differential against all of Major League Baseball this year is zero, but against the Marlins, minus nine, and thus their minus nine run differential. So, uh, big series starting it out, and then, then more against the Marlins. We'll dive into the schedule coming up in a couple minutes, and then obviously look at some X-Factor guys quickly, quickly, just to, to touch on the news around baseball of of last night, uh, yesterday and last night, the we were supposed to get back to action last night, not the Phillies, but baseball, as the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees and the New York Yankees were supposed to square off as the first game back of the second half. And and sadly, that game got canceled for COVID reasons. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we saw that heading into the break. Um, they did not cancel that, that Red Sox-Phillies game. They didn't feel they needed to. They felt like they needed to last night. And one high-profile player uh, announced does have COVID. Aaron Judge uh, has COVID along with Gio Urshela, Kyle Hish- Hishigawa, Jonathan Luiza, Nestor Cortez Jr., and Wandy Peralta, all players placed on the COVID list. I don't know if they all have it or not, um, but I know the first three guys have tested positive for it. Um, and the bigger conundrum of that is Aaron Judge just tested positive after being at the All-Star game. So less than ideal. You know, you're, you're talking about the entire AL roster theoretically being, um, you know, Potentially vulnerable, right? At least the ones who aren't vaccinated. Uh, you know, we, we've we've talked about this. You know, get vaccinated, players. It'll make your lives a lot easier. It'll make your fans' lives a lot happier. But, um, it, you know, I understand you can't tell people what to do. But, um, you know, it's it, uh, this this could be a big story. You know, you hope that it's just Judge and nothing happens with the rest of the players and stuff. But if there's an all-star game COVID breakout at this point where we are in this process of the pandemic and and with the vaccines and all that stuff it's it's just going to be a it's going to cause a lot of people to look at baseball and say what are you guys doing what's happening here you know why why is this happening why is this happening right now so um it's a a tenuous spot for baseball right now and, and they really need to hope that for many reasons obviously just first and foremost the health of people but they really need to hope that this does not become a more widespread thing with with all stars with you know the best players in the sport um you know concerning Concerning fingers crossed. Let's hope it's it doesn't extend past the Yankees. Um, maybe you know even got it after he was back. Who knows how he contracted it? What happened? But fingers crossed because that is a um, again it would it would not be a good look for baseball if if you know we had an All Star Game breakout like an All Star Game uh, uh, COVID breakout that would be bad. <laughs> that would be a really bad thing for many reasons. Again, first and foremost, the health of the players, the the coaches, the older coaches. I mean, we all know we talked about it during the World Series. Dave Roberts, a cancer survivor, you know, so. Um, you definitely really hope that uh, that it doesn't get more widespread. And, and again, ultimately, uh, it's going to be a, um, a story to watch over the next few days to see how this shakes out. And certainly baseball is keeping its eye on it. And 
fingers crossed and hoping for the best, and, and we are too. So um, we'll see what happens. But that is obviously a pretty pretty big story right now and, and potentially an even bigger one depending on, on if more All-Stars contract it and if they've brought it to their teams and all that. It's really, um, again, tenuous situation. So fingers crossed and hopefully vaccinations help and all that type of stuff. So, um, all right, uh, back to the Phillies, who, as we know, have had their own COVID issues. But we've talked about that. You know how I feel about that. It is interesting, though, and, and I want to look at the second half schedule in a bit, but but in terms of, of talking about those X-Factor players for the second half, and we mentioned it yesterday and, and want to dive into more depth on it, but, uh, you know, it's funny because, look, when you talk X-Factor, you know, like, look, if Zach Wheeler isn't awesome in the second half, the Phillies are in a lot of trouble, right? If Bryce Harper isn't awesome in the second half, the Phillies are in a lot of trouble. J.T. Romito, like, the guys you have to have, uh, you know, that's obvious. But when you think about that next tier of guys, the guys who either are underperforming or um, can do more or can contribute more, that could really, t- again, they're a 500 club with with underperformances in a lot of places, with a lot of injuries throughout the first half. So if some of these, obviously, health is better now and, and you need them to stay healthy, that's important. And you need guys who are playing well to keep playing well, like Gene Segura to keep hitting and Harper's heating up to stay hot, and, and again, Wheeler's a Cy Young contender to stay a Cy Young contender. Like, that's all important, obviously. Ranger Suarez to keep being a lockdown closer. We saw this coming. Um, but it's also, I think, you know, the thing that can take them from, from where they're at to the next level, so to speak, is if those guys who did underperform and have underperformed in the second half can find a way to ratchet it up a little bit and and give this team more in the second half of the season. And and again, I, I said it was, you know, it's like almost ironic is the word, um, that the two players who come to mind most, you know, after we just talk about the, the Yankees COVID outbreak are the two players from the Phillies who, two of the four, who, who had to miss that last game in Boston and are on the COVID list. And we'll get to the the starting pitching matchups for this Marlins series, but, but tease, Aaron Nola is not pitching in this series, so... Uh, theoretically, you know, you assume he's still on the list and and still, you know, going through whatever he's going through. Um, so obviously, you need these guys back and healthy and and okay. But Aaron Nolan and Alec Bomer are, I think, the X factor on each side of the ball for this team. I really do. And obviously, you know, I'm not even talking about the COVID part. I guess that in it of itself is an X factor type of thing. You know, get back healthy and be okay and, and play baseball. And last we heard, I think Bomer was asymptomatic. I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, fingers crossed and all that. Um, but it is, you know, when, when you, you take, uh, again, taking the COVID part out, just looking at this team's first half versus the second half, I think those are really the two guys who can drastically change what they've done in a positive way and thus drastically alter the fortunes of this team, you know? And, and look, there are a lot of guys we can talk about. Reese Hoskins, talked about him yesterday, you know, the 313 OBP for Hoskins. You need more from Reese. Reese is better than that at getting on base. He, he you know, will be hot and cold. We know that. That is what it is. But he can be getting on base more. He can have a higher floor when he is cold and all that type of stuff. You know, McCutcheon's heating up. If he can start to be consistent with that, what a big thing that is. Odubel's hurt right now on the IL, but but if Odubel can get hot again, like what a big thing that is. But I think really when you look at the lineup, and obviously Didi, you need Didi to really get back into form and play better defensively and all that type of stuff. But, you know, I think it's really Bowman and Nola in terms of what we expected at the start of the season versus what we've gotten and what they can be. You know, starting with Bohm. Bohm batting 243 on the season with a 298 OBP and a 343 slugging percentage. That's a 641 OPS of every single regular player on the team, every starter. That is the lowest OPS on the team. The lowest. 
And if people who are playing now, like even including, you know, Miller and Torres and the bench guys and all that, like Andrew Knapp, who again is a backup catcher, is the only player on the team, again, of guys who play, guys who are up there, you know, Matt Joyce has a lower IPS, he, OPS, he's hurt, but of guys who play, Alec Boma is the lowest OPS on the team. And Didi's close to him, Odubel's close to him, but but ultimately Alec Boehm, a guy who, coming into the season, I thought had a real chance to be the best pure hitter on the team. You know, he's not going to give you the the dynamic power that a Bryce Harper obviously will, or or even power like other guys will. But just in terms of, you know, guy up, two runners on, you need a knock. It felt like Alec Boehm was that guy for this team. You know, he batted three forty something last year, I mean, three forty eight or three forty three, whatever it was. I mean, he was awesome last year, and I know it was a short season and short sample size, and pitchers adjust and all that. And look, we see this all the time. Like all the time, a player will come up start out hot, have a really nice stretch, and then adjust. Then the, the league adjusts to him, and, and it's on him to adjust back to the league. And Alec Bohm has been struggling to adjust back. You know, it's struggling to find that stroke again. And he has heated up lately. You know, it, it is a a positive. If you're looking at, at Bohm recently, he has played better baseball um, over the last little stretch, you know, uh, since really the last month or so, um, looking at what Bohm has done, uh, is is certainly been better, you know, coming off, uh, you know, and hasn't played a ton in July, but a, a, th- a 276 average and a, a, essentially a 900 OPS in, in July. So in nine games in July, he has a, a 900 OPS. That's way better. And even in June, if you go to June, a 763 OPS, that's obviously significantly better. Not what you want from him, but significantly better than the six. 40, whatever it is now, um, batted 329 in June. 329 in 22 games. So I think there's reason for optimism. And again, you know, right now it, uh, in limbo a bit with the um, with the uh, COVID situation, but but ultimately Alec Bohm is a much better hitter than he was the first two months of the season. I mean, he batted 207 in April and he batted 200 in May. I mean, that's horrible. That's, you know, 200 plus at bats of... of 200 Mendoza line average, you know, and he's way better than that. Again, in June, he batted 329, and in July so far, 276. Like, that is way better, obviously, and that's seeing the ball better. Now, we still need him to start to drive the ball, to hit it out of the ballpark. It was nice to see him, obviously, gets pulled in that game later because of COVID, but nice to see him. It went over the monster in in Boston. You know, it's like seeing him lift the ball like that. That's the, the what we need from him in that next step, but... Look, if Bohm can continue to put the bat on the ball, put the ball in play, get some hits, get some runs driven in, and and be this this guy that we've seen more in June, July again with with a touch more power. I'm not even asking him to be something he's not right now. I, I'm just asking him to contribute offensively in ways that he can and be better. And and he has been since June. He's been better. Again, you you know, it's not. Thrilling from the slugging percentage perspective, you know, in, in June, even though he had a 329 average, only a 380 slugging, that's rough. That's hard to do. Actually, a 384 OBP, a 380 slugging, you don't see that very often. The the higher OBP than the, than the slugging, that's strange. But the 517 slugging in July is better. Now, only nine games, but improvement, right? We are seeing improvement from Alec Bohm, and they need him to obviously come back healthy from this and and he is such a difference maker for this team in terms of the way the lineup is structured because you feel pretty good right now with everyone healthy and the way players are playing you know the top of the lineup's good you know Segura and Romuto and Harper and 
McCutcheon, like, yes, I feel good about that. Hoskins, the power is there, which they need from him. You know, you want to see him get on base more, but I'm I'm all right with where Reese is at. I need more, but I'm all right. And then, you know, Didi, obviously, you know, you feel good offensively. You know, he's not been great, but he's hitting the ball with some power, starting to get back. Once he gets locked in, I think we could see a much better offensive Didi in the second half. But then it's, you know, the, the bone spot, right? That's that's that cr- clutch spot, that spot in the lineup where, you know, if you can get someone to produce, if you can get Alec Bohm to produce, it just can so drastically change the fortunes of this team moving forward. So offensively, I don't think there's any question Alec Bohm, the, the X-factor type player for them in the second half. And then, again, it's ironic that the two of the COVID list guys are, are the two, but I think they're, you know, even more clear that pit from a pitching perspective, Aaron Knoll is the X factor. I mean, he is without a doubt, the player is most uh, underperformed what you would expect from him on the staff this season, without a question, you know, uh, Zach Eflin's been decent, you know, three, eight, eight ERA. You will take that from Zach Eflin. You want to see him be better. And I think we're heading into a nice stretch. He's looked better. The last few starts kind of getting into a groove and, and finding a way to like, if nothing else, you feel like you got a chance every time Eflin takes the hill, he's gonna give you six. You know, maybe he can give you more than that, but you know, he'll he'll come out and give you a start that you can compete with. That, that if you get some hits, you score some runs, you're gonna win games with. And obviously Wheeler has been dynamite. Again, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then, you know, more and Velasquez are what they are. We all know that they need to upgrade that. Cole Hamill showcase today. Let's see how he looks. That's as we've talked about, a no-brainer in my mind, if he looks good. But Aaron Nola, you know, and again, they'll figure out what they have to do with the 4-5 and, and getting through that. But but again, if you have Wheeler, Eflin, Nola, it makes such a difference. Nola pitching to a 4-5-3 ERA in the first half in 18 starts. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just not the Aaron Nola we expect to see. And, you know, the strikeouts have been there. 126 strikeouts in 101 innings is is awesome. And only 23 walks, 126 strikeouts to 23 walks is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, that's a outstanding. It's a six to one strikeout to walk rate. I mean, that's outstanding. That should be a sign of hope. Like I do think those are the kind of underlying numbers you look at. You know how how unlucky has he been? Is he striking guys out? You know that kind of stuff. I do think that that matters. And he has been a little unlucky. The BABIP at 333, the batting average on balls in play, generally league average is closer to uh, to 300. So some of those balls have found holes. Some of those um, balls have kind of, you know, seen their way through, so to speak. But again, we know, we've watched Nolan. He just has not been able to bear down and give you those consistent outings where you feel like, all right, Nolan's on the hill, we're going to win this game. Or and especially in spots where you need it, you know, in big spots. You know, you need Nola to come out and just twirl a gem for you, and, and we haven't seen enough this year. So Aaron Nola is such a massive X-factor player. And look, we need him back and healthy. Again, the fact that he's not pitching in this Marlins series is a little concerning because, you know, you hoped it was just a contact tracing thing. We don't know for sure whether he has it or not. I would assume the fact that he's not pitching in this series, there's a chance he has it, that he might be out a little longer, but we don't know. Um, but, you know, we knew that Boehm, uh, pass it positive. Um, but, you know, not pitching the series is, is definitely a bummer and a concern. So you hope that, that he's good to go for that next series. The Yankees dominated them last time he, he faced them, that, that awesome 7 nothing win on Sunday, uh, that Sunday game he was great in. Um, so it's a big spot for Aaron Nola. It's a big second half of the season. And, you know, we in September he struggled in the last few years when you needed him. So 
hopefully maybe struggles in the first half and now he has an awesome second half, right? And it kind of reverses course and all that. But um, he's so important to this team. They're not winning the division without Aaron Nola being way better. They're not. They're just not good enough without it. So um, Nola and Bohm, I think the two players from an offensive and pitching perspective that can really change the fortunes of this team. One other thing, and then we'll look at the schedule one more time before we kind of look into the second half here as we head into the second half. The one other thing that can really make a difference, and we saw it in Boston, only two errors in three games. I know that sounds like not something we should be celebrating, but with this baseball team this year, it is, right? It clearly is something we should be celebrating. But look, they are not a talented defensive team. I mean, that's you know the most obvious statement of the year. But they have looked a little sharper, a little tighter, a little less prone to those stupid, disastrous type of defensive mistakes. You know, looking the ball in, knowing where to go with it. All the stuff we talked about. We've talked about it all year, that that they're a horrible defensive club from a talent perspective. And Boehm is a a travesty at third, and Breeze is a travesty at first. But even with that stuff, if they could just play sharper, tighter baseball and make the right decisions and stuff, it would go a long way towards being a better baseball team. And I'm hoping we see that. We're starting to see that. It feels like they are playing, again, not good defense, but slightly better defense. And and that's going to be such a massive thing. You get into September, if they miracle upon miracles actually find a way to win the division and get to the playoffs, and again, it wouldn't be a miracle at this point. They're, they're not in the worst shape, as we've talked about. But um, if they can find a way to, to tighten up that defense in October, I mean, it's all about pitching and defense. So... Um, I think that's another area where this team has a real chance to to gain a little ground, to be a little better. You know, again, I know, I know, it's ridiculous. I'm talking about like, can they be a a below average defense and not a worst defense I've ever seen on the Phillies defense? You know, that's honestly, and again, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's like the thing last year with the bullpen, the historically bad bullpen. It's like instead of pitching to a seven ERA, if they pitch to a five ERA, the Phillies are in the playoffs. You know, and I know it's rudimentary and crude to do it that way, but it is it is true. So if this again, I said multiple times during the first half of this season, and especially earlier on, and, and it wasn't just me, lots of people. Jim Salisbury, who's covered the team forever, said the exact same thing. This is the worst Phillies defensive team he's ever seen, I've ever seen. They've been awful. Awful. And they are awful from a talent perspective comparatively. But, but a lot of the awfulness came from dumb, boneheaded stuff, not fundamental baseball, not, again, looking the ball into your glove, knowing where to throw the ball when you get it, paying attention to what runners are doing on base, like those type of things that, that again, that is not talent. That is, that is focus and effort and, and sharp, Baseball and and that is that is such a, a a doable change for this team. That is something that we could actually see happen. And man, like what a massive difference it would make! Massive. This team in the first half gave away so many runs. We know so many outs. They're like playing with like thirty-one outs against twenty-seven defensively because they give up so many. You know that's what it felt like. And and the more you can minimize that, especially when you know, we're talking about a team that isn't a juggernaut. Like if they're going to win, they need to find a way to creep their way to the top of the division and stay there, and and again, only because they're in a bad division, like, they need every edge they can get. They need every run they can get. They need to defend every run they can. Like, you know, the the margins matter. The margins matter. Winning on the margins matters, and this team needs to do it. And the way they can do it, again, to to, they can't get better talent-wise defensively, not, you know, maybe a trade helps them a little bit if they do something like that, but uh, on the whole, it's really just 
playing better baseball and playing smarter baseball defensively. All right, second half of the season. Again, just such a massive, massive second half for this team. You know, we've talked so much about where this franchise is, what their goals are, you know, this group of guys and this core. So I really think that this second half of the season for this core of guys is the most important thing we've had here. You know, they they were 11 games over 500 at this point in 2018, but no one expected them to actually finish it out. They were in a good baseball team. This this team now, even though they're 44 and 44, as opposed to that team that was 11 over, this team now is a better team, like a flat out way better team from a talent perspective. So if they can start to play up a little bit, good things can happen. All right, second half. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, but this this 14-game stretch to start it, really, you know, the end of the Pirate Series, is is the most important stretch of the season in terms of informing Dave Dombrowski, in terms of leading up to the trade deadline. Four at home against the Marlins, two in New York against the Yankees, and then eight straight at home against the Braves and the Nationals. It is massive. All division games other than the Yankees, just so big. And then you go into Pittsburgh, Three in Pittsburgh, the second of that on July 31st, so on the trade deadline. That is massive as well. And then they they head uh, to Washington for four, then three at home against the Mets, then three at home against the Dodgers, three at home against the Reds, and then a nice little stretch where uh, they got three in in Arizona, tough three in San Diego, come home for two against Tampa Bay, and then another stretch where you take advantage, four at home against Arizona, three in Washington, three in Miami. Big stretch of baseball. Then you got to... Go to Milwaukee for a couple, but then you got Colorado coming in down. You got Baltimore coming to town a little bit after that. You got four at home against Pittsburgh. This is a winnable schedule. This schedule shapes up really well for the Phillies. Again, we keep talking about it, but it's for a reason. And now look, the Phillies have to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. That hasn't been something they do all the time. But they have a real shot with this schedule. The way they're playing, the group of guys they have compared to the talent in the division and what's been happening around the division... This schedule gives the Phillies a real chance to make some noise in the second half, and that's exciting, and that's something to look forward to. All right, today, big one today. Uh, I said Nolan not pitching in this series. It will be uh, Matt Moore in Game 1, Zach Eflin in Game 2, then Velasquez tomorrow, and Wheeler on Sunday. So no Nola, hopefully Nola back soon, but this is a massive stretch for these guys, and they need to win some games. Fingers crossed. For this weekend, we'll talk about it on Monday when we get back. Until then, everyone have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.